This episode of Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone Podcast is brought to you by Vox, HPT Human Performance Technology. Athletes want and need safe, natural, and legal alternatives to achieve maximum performance. Vox Life HPT has harnessed the power of neuroscience and neuroactivation through their innovative and proprietary brand of athletic, wellness, and lifestyle socks, insoles, and 24-hour wearable neuro patches. There is a tech pattern or code on the bottom of the sock and insoles that stimulates neural points in the bottom of the foot, eliciting a signal through the central nervous system to the midbrain, creating homeostasis or equilibrium in the midbrain. Like doing a control, alt, delete. It helps the brain reorganize and maximize your neurology. The midbrain is responsible for automatic functions such as balance, stability, strength, and power, range of motion, flexibility, mobility, and pain modulation. Seven to nine seconds is all it takes to reach the midbrain. It's Fox with two X's for sports enthusiasts. Increase in stamina, increase in endurance and recovery, increased energy, stability, and power output. Adds 20% more efficiency to your workouts, increased agility and flexibility, increased freedom of movement and range of motion, increases power generation and output, maximize reps and workload, 8% improvement in time, executed force, 17% more Eccentric force, safe, affordable, non-invasive, non-electrical, no contraindications. Drug-free, stats on performance through independent studies at California Sports Institute, the Golf Lab, and Leuna Labor Organization. All information will be located on our podcast website, twofitcrazies.com. It is Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how you doing? We're having fun today. We always have fun. Always. But we're crazy. We are. We're fit crazy. Fit crazy. A lot of crazy stuff coming up too, which we're going to have to uh, recap for our listeners at some point soon. But what I want to tell you is we are coming off a hot episode 93 with Miss Val Shaw in Canada who takes us through an inspirational story of building up a business and losing her business and then building it back up. What did you think about Val? It was great. Great conversation. She, uh, you know, she, she's, uh, you know, really just a, um, a great presenter. She was, had a great voice for her products and a passion for it. And, uh, you know, and, and she, um, you know, was, is, was from, uh, she's from Canada, Mm -hmm. you know, so once again, we're international, Christine Conti. I know. And she now told us about meditative drumming and about the physical, mental, emotional, spiritual aspects of this new program that she's about to launch, which we're going to drop some more information about that in the next year. Yes, it was. Uh, yeah, there was definitely a, a process and uh, she wanted to wait, make sure she was ready for uh, all of the details to come out. But uh, fair enough. You know, if it's anything like her last product, uh, you know, then, then uh, it's going to be fantastic and successful. And uh, we believe in her. And if you haven't heard about Miss Val Shaw, you will. And with that said, I want to talk about episode 94 that you're going to hear about today with Matthew Januzek, who is amazing. Um, Matthew, we're going to talk about today. He is the co-founder of Escape Fitness and also an amazing podcaster as well. And he is going to talk about his journey and his inspirational story. And Matthew is, uh, 
has been in the industry for quite a long time. And you're going to love his story. What'd you think, Brian? Yeah, no, fantastic. I mean, uh, I love um, everything about it. The genesis of his business, the genesis, the naming of his business, and you know what? Like us, he was uh, escaping, uh, you know, the the um, real world of, uh, of a job that he didn't care for very much, and uh, you know, it turns it into quite something. Uh, you know, he's got uh, 20 years in business of uh, uh, you know gym fitness equipment, uh, and that's with Escape uh, Fitness, yeah. and then he turned it into Escape Your Limits podcast. And his guests, amazing really? from around the world. High, high end. Amazing. Fitness podcast. It's amazing. Good, uh, really good uh, conversation we had with them. Uh, came to us from uh, California by way of uh, England. And, uh, you know, it's just a fantastic, just the perspective that he can offer us and, and, uh, and our listeners, um, you know, for, for things that, um, you know, just trends and what he's seen in the industry and, you know, what he's seen in the past and, you know, will history repeat itself and, you know, some of these at-home workouts and what everything that we're kind of dealing with in in, uh, in the fitness industry right, industry right now. We got, a you know, a really good perspective on it from him, uh, you know, as, as a leader in the industry. It was fantastic. He's a super awesome guy and spent some time talking to us with his busy schedule. So we're going to get right into this. Episode 94, Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone Podcast. It's where it's at. Peace. Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Brian, how are you today? I'm doing well. Ready to rumble. I'm very excited because we are bringing the Matthew Januzek of Escape Your Limits podcast and so much more. I'm so excited. Matthew, how are you doing today? I'm very well, thank you. And you've got me excited just listening to that intro. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are super excited to kind of pick your brain and hear all about what you're up to because you are up to a lot. Matthew, I follow your podcast. I follow you on social media. And that is why I was drawn to you. And you not only are a podcast host, but you have Escape Fitness. You are a co-founder. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. And, and I, I've, I've actually had people, a funny little story, but um, I, I, I've been in the business for, for 20 years and, and a lot of the people that I've worked with and customers kind of thought that I'd given up my escape job and I'm a full-time podcaster. So I kind of had to set the record straight that I, I, I'm a full-time business person or entrepreneur, whatever you want to call me. And, and I sort of do the podcast as well as in my spare time. But I guess because 
that's all they hear and see about because I'm very passionate about it. They, you know, they kind of think that I've given up my, my day job. <laughs> if only we can do this podcast stuff for a living, right, Matt? Matt? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it be sure, it beats working. That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> so, so tell us about Escape. You've obviously, you said 20 years. Uh, how did that get started? What are you doing with that? I, you know, I'm familiar with the products, but some others, uh, you know, in our audience might not be. So tell us about it. Yeah, we, we, um, we're a family business. I started, just just over 20 years ago with my father um we were both working with other companies at the time and just wanted to set up a a business for the family that was really our our goal Uh, we we you know we were both in places that we weren't particularly happy with and um and so you know one day my my father and i had this conversation at the bottom of the stairway and he said, you know, if you come up with any ideas, let me know. And, and that was really the, the, the sort of start of the journey. And, and we, we did try and dabble in a few different things and, you know, tried and, and failed. But we, 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 we sort of hit upon one and, um, and you know, it, it had legs and, and we, you know, we continued to, uh, to push it forward to, to sort of where we are today. So that was 20 years ago? Yeah, it was just, just a little, little bit over now. And it, it makes me, as, as I have conversations with people and we we do podcasts and you know you you suddenly realize how long that is and you know in my my mind it doesn't seem a long time I still feel a little bit as though we're a startup probably because we've gone through startup stages you know a number of times along the way but it doesn't feel as as long as it sounds Um, (laughs) um, although it depends on what day (laughs) so going from I just want to throw this out here to our listeners that I know that you are coming back from an amazingly successful event at Ursa in San Diego. And I'm sorry, I think, I just think I saw your name and Escape Mm -hmm. Fitness up for something that said Hall of Fame. Am I correct? Um, Well, okay, maybe uh, there was uh, (laughs) a, so I'm guessing. Tell us about that. <laughs> yeah, so we we um we we good friends with uh, the guys at MyZone, and um and it's you know for those of you who don't know it's it's kind of a heart rate type of system where it measures your um it, it measures your heart rate and it, it kind of has this algorithm where it combines time and effort and heart rate together. I don't I don't, I don't know exactly how it works, but but you've you do that. But the, the difference with this is that you've got every month you have to get a certain amount of what they call MEPS and um, Dave's going to be very pleased with me for plugging his product, but you, you, it, after if you do it so many months, you go from a, I think it's like a bronze, silver, gold, and and if you if if you do it for two years and you consistently hit a certain amount of points, you get you get to what's called um, the Hall of Fame, and uh, so yeah, apparently I've been working out quite a lot, and I've. I've reached the Hall of Fame in, in, in the My Zone. So if anyone want, if anyone's on My Zone and wants to follow me, then we can connect that way. <laughs> Nothing makes me crazier than people that are in this industry that uh, that that don't walk the walk and talk the talk. And and uh, hats off to you for walking the walk and making that Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, there's plenty out there that uh, that that aren't that are in the fitness industry that uh, maybe missing some of the fitness stuff. All work and no play, I suppose. Yeah, and 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 it's um and it, you know there is a I I I did a podcast with someone the other day and he you know we had this same conversation and he was 
he was sort of saying, in fact, he was, he was a president of, of Life Fitness and he, he was sort of saying the same thing. He, he was, you know, got so drawn into work that he, he, he had to sort of, you know, give himself a bit of a kick up the backside and, and say, look, you know, you're, you're in this business and you're not really living the life that you tell people you should live. And he, he, yeah, he had a word with himself and, and sort of changed his, his, his time around so that he could, you know, you know, put that first. And, and I think it is, you know, for me, it's very difficult to, to, to be selling whatever, you know, some kind of fitness product or idea or, or business without doing it because you, you know, it is, you've got, the good times where it's easy to do it, but then you've got the difficult times. And I, I think if you can, if you can relate to people through all those times, you can be a lot better at what you're doing through that. So I, you know, I, I agree with you. I find it difficult to buy from someone that just isn't, you know, isn't in the game uh, on some level. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Amen to that. You know, it's, it's hard though. <laughs> I mean, I, there are times when, when, when passions become, you know, careers and then the careers kind of overtake the passion and, and, you know, you lose your way sometimes. So, you know, obviously try to be empathetic and, uh, and look at the flip side. Oh, they, my, my mom, I mean, for most of my life, my mom owned uh, yoga studios and, uh, you know, she always said that owning yoga studios is a very un-yogi thing to do. Uh, you know, it's a very <laughs> business of yoga is, uh, un-yogi. So, uh, uh, you know, I get it, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it is difficult and there is a balance and you can be, you, you know, you can be too much either way. You know, you can be too much passionate about it where you, you know, your sort of business sense, you, 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 you know, you almost forget about that because of your passion. And you know, I've, I've certainly been through phases like that in my career where you're just so passionate about what you do and you're such a purist that you 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 know you kind of forget that you know you're actually in this business to make money as well and and so you've got to get that balance um and and too much of one way is probably not right so it's it's yeah it's it's a a constant sort of battle that that we have to you know you've also got to remember that you've got to make money from some of this stuff and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. Matthew, let's take us through this escape fitness. Obviously it's been a journey. It's been an evolution. You said you've, you know, you've come up with great ideas. You've failed. You've, you know, you've really taken time to, I don't know if anything is ever perfect, but you know, to bring something to the masses that is successful. And as you said, you love and, and is something that, you know, is a business that does pay the bills. Take us from the beginning, take us through this journey and then, you know, tell us exactly what, um, you know, where you're at at this point. Yeah. Well, we, when we started, well, I, I certainly myself, I was quite naive and, and looking back, I suppose it, it, it's easy to, to go forward and look back and, and sort of analyze what, what happened. But I, I guess when I was in it, the, the you know, for me, I, I just wanted to get out of what I was doing. You know, that's kind of where escape came from. It was, it was to, to escape from where. Very clever. Um, <laughs> nothing to do with fitness whatsoever. It was just, uh, you know, I weren't happy with <laughs> where I was, the life, what I was doing, and wanted to to escape to something better. So that was that was that was the main motivation behind it. And I and I guess I. Certainly, from my own perspective, I wanted that more than anything at the time. So, I was prepared to walk through walls to kind of kind of improve my life. So, I, I, I started that, and I was I was just fortunate that I had a friend who, who had a gym, and 
came up with this idea of of um, of, of making making a, a an Olympic bumper plate, which at the time wasn't that popular. You know, the gym I worked out at used to have the bodybuilders on one side, of which I was one of those, and then the, the serious proper weightlifters who did the Olympic lifting on the other side. And it was and it was always. You know, if you if you manage to get in there early and use the Olympic lifters' weights, they were nice and they were just much better, and the bars was were lovely. So there was always this sort of, there was always this kind of um, excitement about being able to get hold of the weightlifters' discs, and and I just I just remember seeing, looking at them one day, and on the side they had Poland, which which these these particular plates were made by the Polish government. It, it, Poland was a those of you who don't know, Poland used to be a communist country and the government used to own all the factories and stuff. And they used to make the weight plates for the Olympic teams and sports clubs and that sort of thing. And my father and his family were from Poland. And he, my father always had a dream about doing some kind of business in Poland, whether that's importing or exporting. And I just kind of joined the dots and asked my dad if he could find out where they made them and which which he did after lots of phone calls and and then I started selling them so it was a it was really there was no sophisticated business plan there was no market research there was there was none of that it was just really I I I wanted to do something more than I was doing I had a passion for fitness kind of had this idea and and there, and that was enough to get the business off the ground which which is a feat in itself but as everybody knows you know once you get it off the ground, you've got to survive the first two, three, and four years, which is very difficult in itself. So that's really how we started. Now, where were you living at the time? So I was living with my mum and dad at home. And so we, the business was, we, we didn't have any, uh, we didn't have any money really. We didn't, so we, we both worked for jobs and so there was no save, no real savings. I think we had a few thousand pounds, which, which wasn't really a lot of money. Um, and, um, and, and I was living at home. We had a spare bedroom where we sort of used as an office and, uh, we both did our day jobs and my mum used to answer the phone hmm. when it rang, we got very excited and she used to call me at work and said, the phone's rang, you know, someone's called and I'd, <laughs> I'd sort of call them back. I'd say, you know, get the number and I'd call them back. And so that's how we started for a while, just doing it in the evenings and then, evenings and weekends I would drive around gyms and and um and make connections but the funny thing that the break came after we we had a we, we had this company that we were selling to and um or, or working with and and I, I always remember it was a Friday evening and and I got a phone call I was in my sort of day job and I think it was about five o'clock and and I got a call from this uh, from the managing director of a company called Stairmaster, who you probably of course probably heard of. And um, Andy was his name. I saw him at Ursa just the other week, and and he called me up and he said, "Look, the the company that's supplying us with the dumbbells and weights have let us down. I think they delivered it incorrectly or whatever." And um, and this was Friday evening. He said, "Look, there's there's this really important customer. They're going to open hundreds of clubs, um, and they open tomorrow morning." And, you know, can you help me out? And, and so, you know, I, here's I your chance, of, Matthew. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right. And I didn't really think about it, but it was like, okay, Friday evening, um, <laughs> I've got to go and get some dumbbells, put them in the back of my Jeep, drive up to this place called Huddersfield, which was probably about three or four hours drive from where I was. And I says, I, I just, without thinking, I said, yeah, you know, I'll sort it out. Just leave it with me. Tell the guy to, you know, as long as he's prepared to wait there. Um, they'll be there for when he opens. 
And so I did that. I finished my job. I loaded my car, drove, drove up and met this guy who was extremely grateful. And he, and he said, look, you know, thanks. I can't believe you know, how much this, this means to us. Here's the card from my boss. Um, you know, give him a call next week and I'm sure we can do some business. So, so we did. Um, I called his boss and, and this, this was, I think this was about their third or fourth site. And that company was, was called Fitness First. And they went on to become one of the biggest fitness companies in Europe. I, you know, they did have several hundred clubs. And, and so we were the sort of sole supplier for all of their dumbbells and weight plates. So that was kind of like the break that, that we sort of needed. And, you know, sometimes you, you get a little bit of luck, but you have to be prepared to, when that opportunity right. comes, you have to be prepared to, you know, go out of your way to take, take advantage of the opportunity. So now going forward, so now we're, now you're, you know, you're with these companies, you're doing deals. Now what? Now what happens? Now what happened? Well, we've, we've, throughout the 20 years, we've had lots of ups and downs. And I suppose the first sort of, you know, that was, that was the first up and the business just grew like crazy. You know, we were, we, 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 we couldn't get the product in fast enough and, and, again, being fairly naive, you sort of think, well, this is just gonna, this is what it's like. You know, we're, we've hit on something and success is, is here. Um, so what you don't realize is, you know, if, if, when something goes up at some point, it will come down. You know, that's just how, <laughs> how things go. It, it has to come down. And, and I suppose we didn't realize that, that that was going to happen. We didn't realize that there was this bit of, there was a kind of a bubble going on and there was a lot of people investing in fitness and there was a lot of room to expand. But, once that sort of type of model hit saturation point and the money from the city dried up and then, you know, suddenly they weren't opening any clubs anymore and, and they didn't need as much equipment. So we'd, we'd sort of built this uh, big operation to, to just, you know, bring stuff in and ship it and, and didn't really have to do a lot of selling because there was just so much business there. And, you know, when we work with that client, we've got another client, et cetera. And then, then it just, you know, it was almost like overnight the someone turned the tap off and these clubs just weren't spending any money anymore. And, and they, and so we, you know, we went from doing extremely well to, uh, to, to you know, to, to sort of being on the verge of, you know, of, of disappearing. And, and so that, you know, that kind of, you learn a lot of lessons from that. And fortunately, we were able to, um, to kind of regroup and understand what, what happened and, and, and adjust and adapt and, and set the business off for a, you know, a, a more sort of realistic um, growth plan. And, and so that, you know, that was, that was, I guess, the first time that happened. And, and I guess, you know, you probably learn more in those moments than what you do when it's successful. Cause when it's successful, you know, anybody can, you know, if you, if you hit a wave, you know, pretty much everybody, everybody's going to do well, but when it comes down, that, that's really where, you know, it tests how good, how good you actually are. Absolutely. On so many levels, not just in business, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> you know, that, and that's something that I think that, you know, you've, you've, from what I've read and, and listened to you, uh, I, you know, I, I see that you do a, a pretty good job about it, uh, of, of kind of just seeing the trends and, and working with them. And, you know, I don't know if there was anything at that time, uh, you know, that, that you thought maybe, I mean, I'm just doing math and, 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 you know, was it anything with like internet based that kind of, um, threw things out of whack for you? Do you think that just the trend in fitness itself, um, did that have anything to do with, uh, with technology coming in or anything like that? And, and, you know, and, and I guess the follow up to that would be, you know, what kind of trends do you see coming now? What are you looking at uh, as, far, as far as the industry goes and what you're selling and what, what, you know, is happening in the industry? 
Well, there was there was a couple of things that went on then that we didn't realise at the time. But the, so we started our business in England, um, and so so it was at it was at the time where these big box fitness centres had just entered the market. So in in America, it was I guess it was people like Twenty Four Hour Fitness, which were the which were the big guys at the time. You know, they were opening hundreds of clubs, and it was it was kind of the first of what they called big box where you had a strength area and a cardio area and an aerobic studio and a freeway area. And, and the, and the price to do that compared to what it had been previously was pretty affordable. So everybody went into these big gyms and kind of got just, you know, they, they took off. And so in England, they, a few of them started to pop up and people realized that they were a great moneymaker. So the, the city started to invest and, and a lot of the, venture capital companies wanted them to just open more and more sites so that they can you know buy and sell after a period of time so it was really focused on growth without really looking at the product the quality you know the the deals they were doing on locations it was it was just a race to open locations in you know from you know that at that point in time and so they started in England and then being close to Europe they went into France and Spain and Italy and Holland and all these countries. And, you know, some worked, some didn't. But I think once once the sort of money started to come to an end and then when the clubs had to show that they were making money, a lot of them weren't. And, and that you know, there's a lot of reasons behind that. The service probably wasn't great. The cleanliness wasn't great. The, the value proposition wasn't great. So... So I think as, as the market became more competitive, the, the money started to dry up and the operators started to kind of, you know, they, they just didn't have enough money, to much money to spend on things like what we were doing. And, and so, so I, I guess that was what happened at the time. And, you know, in relation to the second part of your question is, you know, where, where are things going now? I, I suppose there's two things. One is that we'll obviously, after seeing this happen a number of times, because what, you know, what took out, the sort of big box mid-market clubs were the low-cost clubs. You know, they came in and said, well, actually, we can we can do this a lot better. Um, we've learned from the previous businesses. We can, you know, we can bring the price down. We can we can simplify the offering. Um, and so what, you know, they basically forced the, a lot of these people out of business. And then came the boutiques. And and so I think what, what we do now is, is to kind of look at a lot of these trends. And we've, we've seen quite a lot of them and make sure that when we're, whether we're developing products or um, developing, I suppose, systems to support these markets that we, we understand the, the trends that these businesses are going on so that we're, um, you know, we're, we're in a safe position. Um, and, and I think we've been doing it now for long enough. So we're not, you know, we don't all have all of our eggs in one basket, which is important. But secondly, I, I think, you know, pe- people, whether it's in fitness or, or, the, the, the hospitality, restaurants, whatever industry you're in, you know, people are, are, are looking for just just great value. And, and, and I think if, you know, when, when things expand so much that, that they're not getting great value, well, even, even for companies like us, that's when things change and, 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 you know, that's when I guess businesses get disrupted. So I, I think you've always got to be, you know, we've had to reinvent ourselves probably four or five times and we'll have to continue to do that. Um, as you know, as, as more competition comes into the market and as people's expectations rise, you've got to be constantly innovating, whether it's your product or your servicing or something, you know, you just can't sit back and, 
and accept that that's you know how things will be forever. Let's let's go from here for a second. So you have been in the industry and you've got a lot of experience and you know I've listened to you and I you know I've listened to you know I again I present at conferences around the country and one of the biggest things that I always hear and I always tell people is that fitness is an experience. It's not just a thing. Um, people aren't looking anymore to go in, you know, to a box gym, get their workout and walk out. And that, you know, again, even listening to, you know, the panel from Ursa that you brought on, I mean, they know their stuff. Um, and the biggest thing that I hear all the time is, you know, boutiques are expensive, but you pay for what you get and you're getting an experience, you're getting a culture, you're getting almost a, a family, a tribe. And I guess I talk to a lot of fitness professionals who say, well, how do you deliver that? How do you feel about that? You know, being a, you know, being with a company and going through these ups and downs, what would you tell someone to deliver that experience to, to get those people? Yeah, well, I, I think it's, I had a conversation earlier today about a similar subject. I, I think the first thing is that there's not a one size fits all approach. And I, and I think in this day and age where we are with with technology um with 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 people being able to you know particularly in this market with where there being a lot of competition now you know it's very easy to set up a a business and a website and offer different services so i I think there's a lot more competition because it's probably easier to get into to some of these businesses than what it was many years ago even even what we do it's very easy now to get into it where years ago when we started, it, it was it was very difficult. Um, so I think there's a lot more competition. Technology has allowed people to set up a shop on Facebook and Amazon or wherever and start trading. And and so what what I think you've got to what, what you have to do is is a couple of things is really understand who it is that you want to go after. You've you've got to really understand your customer because if you if you're if you don't understand. The, the, the person that you're trading with or selling to, whatever you want, whatever word you want to call it, then um, it's going to be very difficult for you to compete with somebody that is doing that well, uh, be, because people want to, you know, they, they they want to have an experience with someone who understands them, who's delivering them exactly what they want, and and with the boutiques compared to the big box gyms, you know, and we talked about this on on the panel, you know, with a boutique, they've probably got Five six hundred members with a with a big box club they've got six thousand members so being able to kind of offer a unique tailored experience to that many people is pretty difficult you you can use technology and you can get pretty good with it but it's very difficult to really meet the needs and, and a, a, as an example it's like you know me going into a space and having someone you know having the music and the design and the experience fitting for me and then my mum and dad going in there which which would be totally different you know one of us wouldn't be happy in that situation. So, so I think it's, it's important nowadays more than ever to, to narrow down on your customer. And then once you do that, to make sure that you, you really understand what those people need. You know, if it's a younger person, um, you know, like my, my brother's daughter, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a slightly different experience um, with what they want. You know, community for them can be done through Snapchat, as an example, whereas community from my mom and dad is probably sitting down with some of their friends and having a coffee in the facility. So I, so I think you've got to understand who it is you're going after and then build that experience around 
those people and what they're used to and what they like and what they see as interesting and fun and, and, and what they don't seem interesting and fun. And they're, and they're very different. So I think once you've, once you've done that, you can then probably break that down into, you know, a further subsection. And you know, if we're talking about fitness and saying, okay, well, now we understand the type of demographic we're going after. What, what, what type of product are you offering? So in boutiques, you know, is it hit? Is it spin? Is it, is it martial arts? You know, what is it? Um, and they're all very, very different as well. And, you know, your, your whole language and your communication needs to be tailored. So I, so I think to ask, answer your question, I think experience is really important. But what an experience is to my mum could be very different to what it is for me to very different to, to you and to my wife. So I, I don't know whether that helps or answers the question <laughs> at all. No, it's just, you know, it's good. It's, it, it does help. It's information, you know. And, and as I'm sitting here thinking about it, you know, the experience and the, you know, the tribal aspect and the community and all those things, uh, you know, so from that, you know, explain to me the phenomenons like Peloton and, and these in-home things where no one has to go anywhere anymore. And there is none of that. Uh, you know, the, the experience is, you know, might be your extra bedroom or, a, you know, a basement, um, you know, and, and how is what kind of effect are you seeing things like that on? Do you think that that's something that's long lasting? Uh, you know, I know Peloton got smacked pretty good. They're going to lose some money over this uh, music thing that the, the you know they've been hit with. So, uh, what do you think about that? Well, I, I, I'm, it's an area that I'm, I'm sort of keeping a very close eye on because uh, you know when we started 20 years ago, home fitness was very different to what it is today. It was a big business. We used to work at the time with Reebok. We had a an agreement where we used to make certain products for them and sell it into the professional market. And then they had another division that sold into the consumer market. So I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar with what, what, what retail fitness retail used to be. And it was a massive, successful, thriving business over the last few years. That's changed probably because a lot of the retailers have changed and gone out of business because of Amazon. So now fitness is almost like this sort of transaction where you, you know, you'll see five or six bits of fitness equipment on Amazon and you'll buy what seems to be the best value with the, with, with the best reviews. So I think that's changed the market and, 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 and changed what people want. And during that period as well, you know, people used to think that running on a treadmill was what you needed to get in shape. And, you know, thanks to people like CrossFit, now they understand that it's a little bit different and you need to, you know, you, you don't just want to be running on a treadmill. Functional training's come in, but that's created its own challenges where people, it's not easy to understand, you know, treadmill, you get on it, you press start, slow, start, start, stop, up, down, fast, slow, and you can work it out. Whereas if you give most people a kettlebell, that's a bit of a difficult, you know, more, more challenging experience. So I think there's a lot of things that have changed. Um, but I, I, I do think Peloton are, are kind of one of the first companies to lead the way. And, and from what I've read, there's, a, there's an interesting report from, um, from Les Mills that I read the other day about millennials wanting to work out from home. Um, it, it, you can probably Google it. It's an, it's an interesting report. But I think what's, what seems to be happening is that people, uh, you know, what, certainly some of the younger people's, what, what they're interested in is, you know, I think they like the boutique fitness, but certainly home fitness is a big thing. And, and the community aspect, which is probably the most, you know, relevant part of what they've done, the community aspect is being achieved through the competition using technology. So as I said about my brother's daughter, you know, for her being with friends and on a community is, is doing that through Snapchat. Whereas you know, certainly for me, it's not, you know, it's sitting down face to face with people. So, so I think that probably younger people that have been brought up on technology are more comfortable with interacting 
through technology, which is why you could probably work out at home and feel like you're with your friends when you're probably not. You know, well, you're not obviously you're you're on there. So, I, so I think that that's got something to um, you know. There's, there's there's definitely something there that will continue, and and I think that space is you know there's a, there's a huge amount of opportunity to 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 tap into people that don't feel comfortable about walking in a gym, you know, feeling as though they have to be fit before they go into a gym. And, and if you look at the numbers, I've not got this exact, but around about 80% of the, you know, the United States don't work out on a regular basis. So there's, there's a, you know, the fitness industry tends to do a good job at the 10 to 20 percenters, but there's a lot of people out there that really need to do something and, 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 you know, it's how do you sort of get them engaged in a way that they feel more comfortable to. And, may, you know, maybe doing that through home could be, you know, could be a way of achieving it. My heart hurts when we talk about the millennials not, you know, just <laughs> not socializing with anyone. I, Matthew, I was a former investment banker and former teacher for years. And we call ourselves recovering. Um, like how you said you were in a in a in a career that just you, you escaped you escaped from <laughs> so did we so did we we um you know we took that you know we'd say we'd pull the boat close enough to the dock and we stepped off um to go full-time in fitness and follow our passion and i always say that that connection that human connection um it kind of it always kind of hurts me when when you say oh well we're going to work out in the in our home or not be around people because I really feel that there's something, you know, we talk about mind body connection. We talk about fitness as a whole, that that is a part of it. That social aspect that, you know, that high five, that, you know, that community that is lost. And I personally, I think, you know, it's great that we've got all this technology, but is there going to be a ceiling to it? Is it going to come back to, how do you feel after you worked out? Did you sweat? Did, was you, you know, did did you were you out of breath? Were you, was your heart rate elevated? You know, do you need to know a percent versus just wow, I'm I'm winded. Um, yeah, and it's it uh, it just kind of I get it, I love it. Um, I want people to move just like you know, just like you and Brian, and we want people to live more quality lives. But um, you know, is there a you know is there something going on here that you know is greater than us? Yeah, um, and that's what I always I, I, like to say. Yeah, and I think that's a great point, and and I, I do, I do think there is an answer to that. You know, like today, I've or this week, you know, I've got pretty busy schedule. You know, very very long days, and and so you know, not really got enough time to have lunch. So, but I want to work out. So for me, it's a case of right. I've got you know, I've got some kettlebells, I've got a Bulgarian bag, and I've got some running shoes. So for me, it's just like although I would love to go to the gym, which I pay a membership to, I, I you know, the the mo I'm, I'm working from home at the moment and so the most time efficient thing for me to do is to is, is just to do it from here so I, I suppose it's you know there, there's two ways of looking at it but it, you know people are short of time and and I, I, I guess that there is a place for something like that and and you know certainly for me and I'm I, and I love being in gyms and that but certainly for me there are times where that works and I, and I guess you know if you look at what's happening now with um some of these fitness events and festivals. I, I suppose there's probably an opportunity, you know, if, if that's what we're talking about, to you know, to kind of have that experience where you've got your virtual tribe, which or your digital tribe, but then having the ability to kind of you know go on your weekend event or, or whatever, where you, you do get together with some like-minded people and you do get those real relationships and 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 you can connect and 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 that 
is you know is a lot more memorable. So so I think it's just you know it's looking at bringing those two things together. And I suppose in technology is great, but what it does do it just fills our lives up. So we never we never turned off. You know we, we we're never turned off. So if you can kind of um, you know be able to get that balance where people can escape and you know you, you get that happy medium, then maybe that's. Uh, yeah, you know, that's the that's a that's a direction to go. And and it you know, it's it's that's the rub with all of this. You know, obviously, you know, from where we sit and, and, and you know, as as trainers and as fitness professionals and as, you know, podcasters and the more fitness the better, you know, the more people that are doing it, however they're doing it, you know. So it's like when someone asked me, you know, what's what's the best kind of workout? And I said, The one you're gonna do, uh, you know, the, or what's the best <laughs> kind of running sneaker should I get? The ones you're gonna use. Um, you yeah. know, and, and or you know, whatever it is. May be so you know it's it's funny who are we to say i suppose that you know this is what you must be doing and then working out from home is bad you know obviously not if if, if, if some of that 80 percent that you mentioned is now at home sweating a little bit or you know just uh you know uh not flipping channels so much then awesome that's great uh you know but it's um you know it's just it's just a funny thing it's uh you know what, what happens next um i guess we'll all just kind of do our thing and figure that out as it comes yeah, I, I had a, a conversation, a similar conversation with Gunnar Peterson. He's a, a trainer that's not far from, from us in, in L.A. Um, and he, I asked him the question. I says, well, you know, what do you think about all these kind of Instagram fitness people that probably have got, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying all of them, but there are quite a few out there that have got very, very limited fitness experience. And yet you know, they've got hundreds of thousands or maybe even mil- millions of followers in there. And they're sort of, you know, coming up with all these fitness exercises what do you think about that you know is that good or bad for the industry and and he said um he said look you know anything that's going to get somebody off the couch you know get them onto that journey is is a good thing you know because eventually they'll you know if if if, uh, if that works for them they'll you know they'll probably find their own way and they'll evolve and they'll they'll find someone else but if you know if someone's out there and they're kind of and they're you know touching someone who can relate to them and they've given them a reason and that, you know, they maybe relate to their story or whatever. And they've given them a reason to just to, to do some form of movement. Then that's, then that's good enough. And I, you know, it kind of changed the way I looked at it because I was all, you know, very much a purist, you know, what it needs to be done properly and all that kind of stuff. And I, and I think he had a really good point because, um, you know, we've all got our own, our own journey and, you know, we're all, we we're all relate to different people, don't we? You know, and, and certain things can inspire you and maybe someone dropped, you know, they were seriously overweight and they dropped with this weight because of they split up from someone. And if you can relate to that and they're going to get you moving, then brilliant. That was very euphemistic of you, Matthew. <laughs> very nice. We, we have, we've mixed feelings about this as well. We call them self-proclaimed gurus yeah. on social media where we're like, What's your certification and experience? You know, like you're telling me how to run a marathon, yet you, you've never run one before. You know, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Um, but I do see that. I think that any anything or anyone that can inspire you to move and maybe live longer and and live more quality years, then you know what? Who are we to judge? Yeah, but I, I would say that you know the good thing about let's, let's call it social media is the good thing is that I, I do think over time you know, the cream will rise to the top. So the people that that probably are not genuine, you know, and they're telling you how to make a million dollars or how to run a marathon, I, you know, over time, they will either have to up their game 
just as you would doing a business. They'll have to get those skills and they'll have to be better because people are going to be, people who are good are going to switch onto that. And it's like, actually, come on, you know, let me, I'm going to get, I'm going to get involved in this game and I'm, I'm going to, you know, I have got the background and the credibility and I'm, I'm going to make it happen. So I, so I just, I do think like in anything, it, things will, you know, the good people will eventually rise to the top. It's just, you know, with so many of these, you know, good and bad people and so much contradictory information, it's just, you know, searching your way through to know what, you know, who to follow and, and, um, and, and yeah, you know, picking out the good ones. And, and it goes the same in, uh, same from a nutrition basis, you know, you'll, you'll read an article or something on, on, on the internet about, you know, carbs are good, carbs are bad, protein's good, protein's bad, fats are good. And, and you'll have all this contradictory information. And, you know, we're in the industry and we will all probably read up and we understand who to follow. And even from, for people like ourselves, it can get confusing. So you imagine those 80 percenters, how do they, um, work out? you know, who to follow and what, what's good advice and bad. You know, that, that's, the, I guess, the challenge. It, it's, I think that that's always, I mean, it, you brought up the nutrition and I was going to chime in with the nutrition because it's the tr- nutrition, it's fitness, and it's, you know, it's just about everything. And, and even, it even gets deeper, like certain types of, of fitness, you know, like there's um, CrossFit that's done a certain way, there's CrossFit that's done, you know, a little bit lighter with, you know, different reps and, and, and you know, it's just like everything just kind of is, you know, it's got, it's like a little science experiment you know like a petri dish that that <laughs> what's going to grow here and uh and and i think that you know if you do listen to everything like you said or you know it just causes confusion you get spun around so many times you're right back to where you started and uh yeah. you know and, and 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 that's you know and and the internet does have power and the, you know social media does have power and and you know and certain styles of eating you know have just gone through the roof based on you know marketing and just traction more than anything you know like keto is, is crazed right now so you know so it's like, you know, what is it? What does it all come from? Is do I need to do that? What do I? And and again, I kind of get back to that thing. You need to do the one that's going to work for you, and the one that you can do consistently, because it's consistency that that's going to, uh, you know, that's going to take people where they need to be. So, yeah, absolutely, Matthew. I have a uh, I have a question for you now. Exactly where we're going. This is a great segue into this because. Brian and I saw the need in the fitness industry to really, and even our clients and what we've been through in our past, to bring unbiased information to the masses about fitness, about nutrition, because, you know, people would come to us with these insane questions about, you know, I always like to go back to, you know, I need to lose five pounds. I'm going to go keto. You know, I'm going to, you know, I decided I need to do this. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to put my name in for a marathon, even though I've never run because that's what I wanted to. So we really saw the need for, you know, to bring information to people where they could, we could bring them experts like you in fields that have been through this, the ups, the downs, the, you know, can we give you information so that you could be more healthy? That is why we created this podcast because I feel the way I feel as though if you do not have a platform, what do you do? You create your own. Now, obviously, creating a podcast and then putting the time in and bringing it out and coming up with, you know, what is it going to be about and why do I want to do this is an undertaking. You obviously know this. Why? What led you down the path of podcasting? Yeah, it's uh uh, it's an interesting question, and 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 I, the way I'll answer that is the is the reason I started is different to what it is 
now. Uh, there's, there's, there's sort of two. There's been two sides to it, and and I'll start with the first one, which is, which was really from a business perspective. I um, when I grew up, I, I grew up in this little village called Yaxi, which is about an hour and a half north of London. It's it's a tiny little place in the middle of nowhere, and and um, it's kind of a you know it's a farming community. So there was no entrepreneurs or business people or, or there wasn't really many people to inspire me to um to really do anything and and so um what you know as I, as I got older I started to travel I I went you know I went working in London and places and I I sort of met other people and that, that inspired me that there was other things to do and I you know I could almost like push escape my own limits, which is sort of, you know, what we use in our thing. So, so I think what, what I, one of the things, one of the reasons I originally started was to say, well, look, you know, I've built a business. I've, I've, um, you know, been relatively successful and I, I get to travel around the world and I meet lots of interesting, uh, successful and, and talented people. But the only, the only one that's really benefiting for those, for those conversations and and interactions is is me um it, it, it was it's very expensive to bring many people from my team with me because of you know we're flying around the world and all that kind of stuff so I thought if I can if I can sort of have those conversations that I'm having and just stick a microphone and a camera on and and um and record it then a lot of people can benefit um you know from what we're doing and, and also at the same time I'm able to ask people questions that I'm interested in, you know, as, you know, as to what makes them successful and what do they eat and and what do they do when they they have challenges. So, so originally it was, you know, that that was my general idea. But as I've got into it, I, I, I've realised that, and it comes back to to where I started from. Is you know, when I was younger, I used to I had a lot of time on my hands. There wasn't a lot to do, and I would, you know, I would make. I'd fill my time by getting into trouble because I didn't have anything to sort of direct my focus and and um, and, and and to sort of keep me you know, in, a, in a good place. And and a lot of people they you know a lot of people got into sports and that which I didn't do. And so one of the things I've found through doing the podcast and interviewing lots of people is is that um, you know a, a, not all but a lot of people I've interviewed also had that type of upbringing. You know they they took the wrong path, they made bad decisions, and and they. You know, fitness in a lot of cases was what changed their life and got them into a good path, and and you know led them on to something much better. And and so sharing those lessons with younger people about you know you don't need to try that. You know, all these people have done it. it, it it's not good. It's you know it doesn't end well. Um, you know, get yourself into you know into looking at this direction. Here's how you do it. Here's some of the steps, and this is what life could look like. I think that's been a a very powerful message to me and and it's one that you know I'm, I'm hoping that sort of changes a lot of people's lives that listen to it for, for the better Matthew we are all broken by the way you're in very good company that you know fitness has been really life-changing for both Brian something? and myself we can smell our own man mm-hmm. we, we know <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've been. That's uh, very, Ameri- very American of me. Like I've, I think I've been in America too long. But it's. But it, you know, it really is. It really is the truth. You know, like they say, fitness. Fitness can change people's lives, and it, and it can. You know, it, it's. It's. Uh, it, it, it's the most powerful drug on the planet. You know, if you if you're feeling crap, if you you know, it it, it solves so many things. And um, and although yes, we're all in business to make. You know, I'm certainly in business to make money through fitness. There's just so many 
other benefits that come with it that sort of makes it worthwhile. You know, we could be selling, you know, we could be selling deck chairs or something like that, you know, <laughs> making the same amount of money, but it's just not quite as fulfilling and uh, as, as, as the business we're in, I guess. I, I think you nailed it. I mean, that that's it. And it exactly. It's, you know, it's, it's what makes us feel good. And, 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 you know, we know that it can make other people feel pretty good and, and, you know, save a good day. I'm going to change a word. I know Matthew was saying it, fitness can change people's lives. I always say fitness can save people's lives. Yeah. Or at least make them better. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I, 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 I would agree. It's, uh, and, and, you know, as, as, as you guys probably know, you know, the technology has allowed us to do, you know, we're, we're producing a radio show, you know, we, we're on one now and, and right. the cost that, although it's not, you know, still not inexpensive and there's a huge amount of work that goes into it. It's, it's relatively inexpensive and, and you must get the same thing as I do. You know, get people writing to you and saying you know, a lot, this, this conversation, you know, the three of us are the only ones that really, are connected with it but you know thousands of people around the world will will hear this and you know just getting those little messages on social media about how something that we said has had an impact or resonated with someone you know for me that's what what sort of keeps keeps it going and you know makes you feel as though yeah we're you know we're doing some good stuff here you're amazing, Matthew. Thank you for what you are doing for the world and, and through podcasting. And before we, before we wrap up, cause we really do value so, your so time. Just one other, Go one ahead. other thing I want to tell you, Go I ahead. just want to say, and I, I think it's relevant for other people that are thinking about starting doing something. And, and it's only, you know, this has only come to me recently is the things that you take for granted that you think everybody knows and everybody does and they're nothing special. You know, those are the things that, you know, with with utilizing the internet and the power to reach so many people, those are the things that get you to connect to other people that are in a similar situation that probably haven't figured out where you are at the moment. And and so you know a lot a lot of you know you look in things like Instagram and everybody's trying to or well, not everybody but a lot of people are trying to sort of show this great life and how great they are and how real you know how wonderful things are and and all that sort of stuff. And 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 that's not what resonates that's not what gets your message out there you know what certainly what i've found is you know the more real broken um you know show all your mistakes show all your you know all your failures as well as your successes i think those are the things that that resonate with people so yes you know it's great to show you how to how to six pack but you know how did you get there and what about the day where you felt crap and you ate you know you ate a big bar of chocolate or whatever i think those are the things that are important to share and you know within the podcast you know opening and being a little bit more open about the, the bad stuff the real stuff i think that's where you can impact people because you know anyone can tell you it's great and live a wonderful life and it's all perfect but that's not that's not life and i've never met anyone who's had a life like that and uh <laughs> and i think if you want to impact people then it's you know show show your Show, show the failures as well. Absolutely. I've never met a super successful person that has not fallen on their face <laughs> multiple times and crawled their way back up. And I, I keep telling Christine that, that crying equals ratings, right? So, like, let's get some listeners. Christine, could you cry a little bit more and oh, break I'm down sorry. for us, please, on, on the on this show? It happens occasionally. <laughs> However... <laughs> she comes in in a hot mood. I said, I said, all right, let me, well, hold on. Give me a second. Let me record this. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's get that on, on camera. <laughs> Look, I'm like just shaking my head over here. <laughs> Jeez. So Matthew, tell us what's in the future. What's going on right now? Anything you want to uh, forecast for our listeners around the world? 
Yeah, I, I think the the big thing that we're and we've, we've we've talked about it a little bit in this conversation. It's it's how to you know thinking about the eighty ninety percent of people that are not involved in fitness. You know, because let's let's be real. You know, fitness is in a lot of cases it's hard, it's difficult, it hurts. Um, there's there's a million and one things that you'd rather do at sort of six o'clock in the evening when you know it's probably cold outside in the winter than going and working out. So. It's, you know, for us, it's thinking about how to kind of get more people involved in, in, in fitness. How, how can we make it fun, exciting, energetic for, for people? So, so for us, we kind of, you know, that's one of the areas that we're thinking about from a, from a business perspective. Um, from a personal perspective, it's, um, you know, I've, I've been in business for a long time and it, it's, there's a, there's a lot that's gone into it, so I'm, I'm, I'm fighting to get a, bit, a little bit more balance, a bit more time for my children and, and, and for my wife and, and to sort of, I, I wouldn't say balance is the right word, but just, just sort of getting, you know, putting a little bit more energy into those, that, that part of my life and, you know, stepping back and, and enjoying it because it's, it's very easy to get, as, as you guys probably know quite well, it's very easy to just get consumed in, you know, you've got this, this goal and you're going for it, but you, sometimes you don't step back and, and sort of look around and say, you know, this is, this is pretty cool because you're always on to the next thing and the next thing. So I, you know, I'm, for me, it's just working on appreciating the moment <laughs> a little bit more than probably what I've, what I've done in the past. That's passion right there. And just knowing, and just knowing that you have to do that and it's time to do that is a gift in itself, man. Cause that's, uh, that's what, that's what it takes. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we, we get busy making a living sometimes and forget to make the life. And, yeah. uh, and, you know, and it's just, uh, it's something that, boy, that's what makes it all worth it. So good for you. Yeah. That's what we're doing it for. <laughs> so Matthew, will you just tell our listeners real fast, where can they find out more about you and the podcast? And obviously we're going to put all that information on our social media platforms as well, but go ahead. Yeah. Thank you. So we, we have a weekly podcast called escape your limits. Uh, we do a, we, we do a uh, audio version, which is available on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud and most of the normal podcast sort of services and then we we do a video version which is on youtube and and then on escape fitness and my own personal uh, instagram facebook or linkedin page we, we we cut cut up a lot of the interviews in you know and for people who have got short attention spans we put it up into sort of one to two minute sections so if there's any interesting subjects we you know we'll put that out on on a you know on a daily basis so if anyone's interested in you know health health and wellness business then um it's it's matthew januzek is my instagram and and my linkedin page um and then then the uh, youtube channel is called uh, escape fitness as well and then as i said the podcast you'll get on itunes called escape your limits and and i gotta back you up you do a really good job especially with the instagram cutting up the uh you know the short form uh videos are tremendous it's uh it's just you know get the get right to the point we get the content and uh and it's awesome i i really appreciate it. i look at them all the time it's fantastic thanks and i and i'd be I'd, I'll, I'll get sort of kicked if i don't mention this but obviously if you're if you are in the fitness business and you're or you're a trainer and you own a gym and you want gym equipment then escapefitness.com that's that's our company you know that's 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 where we you know if if if, if you're interested in anything like that then please you know check that out as well you awesome. got it in you're not going to get kicked 
<laughs> awesome. Well, Matthew, we really appreciate your time. We know that you are super busy, you know, trying to change lives and all over the place. I know you're in California right now. Um, so I am very thankful that you came on here and um, told your story. I know our listeners are going to love this from around the world. So, Matthew, thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Really you're welcome. It. Perfect. So with that said, everyone, my name is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.